0: Don't wait too fast so well don't wait to strong things.
1: Shout out Shout down out. Out, right now Shout
0: down Shout out Don't wait till you make it Hey and welcome to the Phillips Show. Grab your coffee Grab it Listen, so if you are in the mood to be amazed, today is your day. If you're feeling like you want to be inspired, today's the day. If you're in the mood to hear a story about how someone uses their gifts, perfects them, and then goes back and trains others today is your day. From working with other artists to being an incredible artist himself, Michael Caselli Jr. has had a tremendous career in the world of the arts and it keeps going. As an international traveler and artist, he continues his career as head of the arts division at Antioch College and creative director of the Antioch Herndon Gallery. Michael, Hello. Hey. How are are you? you I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Oh my goodness. Well, she's sitting in my
1: office, but.
0: uh, Sitting in the office there at Antioch? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And creative, in a creative space. Listen, you've done so much and we're gonna get into all of it. I know we don't have time because it's like a, a short show, but we know that you're an artist. We know that you're an educator. How did you get started? in the world of arts? What made you say, hey, this is this is what I do? Uh,
1: I mean, as a kid, I drew a lot. I drew a lot of comic books, things like that. I built okay. models. Uh, I was really uh, a tinkerer as a kid, ah. um, playing with stuff, learning how to make stuff, learning techniques and things like that. Um, and it wasn't really until I went to school um, that I really focused on the idea of being an artist. I went to Antioch, I graduated from Antioch. Oh, okay. Uh, with a, what we call a self-designed major, which is um, where you combine more than one field instead of having your standard, oh, I major in literature, I major in the, you know, singular, it's it's usually combined, which is the system we have now. Okay, so and is that that's that the idea.
0: universal system that's
1: there now? That's the universal system that's there now, yeah. Oh, that's pretty incredible. And it was there and meeting people, uh, and being somewhere where everything was concentrated, okay. I really started to thrive. And um, I credit the people I met who were my peers, but also the professors that I had while I was in school. They were amazing. It was an amazing group of people.
0: Let me ask you this. Um... Antioch is a pretty small school, and you've yeah. been a lot of different places, and I'm sure you've worked with a lot of students that have had many different experiences and come from large universities. What was the benefit of going to a small school
1: versus a larger school? Uh, I think, well, see, Antioch. There's a lot of things. They have the co-op program, which is pretty amazing. Uh, where you go out and work. I had already worked. I've been working since I was fourteen. Oh. So. I actually came to school to stop working because I had been a chef and a pastry chef and a line cook and all these things. Wow. And I was just like, I've got to get out of the kitchen. Um, Sure. And so I came to Antioch really because uh, I visited and was really taken by it. Also, the benefit of it being smaller, when I was here, it was about 600 students. Uh Uh-huh. And you would have 300 on campus, 300 off co-oping. Wow. But kind of the – the small size really got you in touch with people who were interested in similar things that you were. Sure. And also the access to your faculty. If you have a you know 10 to one ratio of student to fac- faculty, that's amazing. Right now we have six uh, because we're much smaller. Sure. But, and also the relationships and Antioch, Antioch, there were no grades. Um, Wait a minute, say so what? I strongly believe in. Wait, what happened?
0: Pardon? You said what? There's no grades. Yeah, no grades. It's pass,
1: is passed, no pass.
0: So is there I mean, is there is there um like a, a valedictorian? Do you get Matt? There is no,
1: but when I was here before the closure, we had none of that. that no is- sports since 1920. Oh, my uh, goodness. Uh no grades since uh, I think the early 60s. Everyone's wow. on a first name basis. Yeah. So you are not calling it a professor, professor this, professor that. You're calling them by their first name. You're calling the president by their first name. It's a very personal
0: connection that you it's have. It's a very
1: personal connection, um, very intimate in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made it made uh, the accessibility, you know, the, the whole first name thing just creates the feeling of accessibility. It creates a different feeling of accessibility, right? Because it's gotcha. not like I'm, I'm calling you by your title. I'm calling you by your name. Right. So, um, so you're at
0: Antioch. And you're having this opportunity to kind of discover and basically build a education, and you decided on what?
1: Uh, I decided my self-designed major would be uh, visual art and performance theory. Mm. Uh, also, there were a lot less rules back in the eighties, <laughs> <Well>, right? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. we like when the uh, the 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 last theater professor uh, retired, we just took the building over. And did our own work. And And, and we being
0: the student body.
1: Student body. Yeah. Mm,
0: We took it over
1: and we would do our own work and create our own performances. And that was true up until we got faculty back again. So you had this real, you know, Antioch also has this really kind of self-motivating, I can do this. uh, And you're taught that. That's what it teaches you with the co-op program, sending you out to a strange city, right, to work. You got to figure out how to navigate. You got to figure out how to take care of yourself. Yeah, because you're building that. That's another thing. It builds that over the four years you're there. So when you leave, you pretty much know. Oh, I can do. I can probably pretty much do it. Go anywhere I need to and figure it out because I've been trained to do this.
0: Absolutely, and it seemed to have worked for you because it seems like after um, Antioch, if I have a, a chronology correct, after Antioch you went on. Was it to New
1: York? Uh, first, I went to grad school. Okay, you uh, to grad school, at school design. Uh, for two years uh-huh. and uh, graduated from there and went right to New York.
0: Wow. New York and Wow. And what made you, why Why New York? Why did you want to go to New York?
1: Uh, I had co-op there when I was a student. Okay. And I had a lot of friends, a Got lot it. of friends in New York. Uh, and yeah, it was exciting. I had a job, a friend of mine who I was at uh, RISD with had mm-hmm. talked to a contractor, a friend of his. And so there was a job waiting for me. Uh, doing, I started doing fine-finished carpentry um, um, at very exclusive uh, residences and businesses in New York City. So you started to do what? Uh, fine-finished carpentry. So once the room is done, like the moldings and all that stuff, all that fine wood detail that you put in as a finish for the whole project.
0: So up until this point, I've heard you... Um, Ha, are culinarily inclined, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you did that. You went to college to do it was visual arts and um, the visual arts in the arts, and now you're in New York and you're doing carpentry. How yep. is how, so? You're just creative all the way around.
1: Yeah, I had built. Well, you took a year off between grad school and undergrad. Uh-huh. And I built sets in Ohio at Great Lakes Theater Festival. Okay. Uh, so I've always been, you know, I've always been someone who's Made stuff. Okay, got it. And been interested in making stuff. And my my work is a lot about making stuff. I make mm-hmm. all of it. You know. It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty labor intensive. Usually large scale. Yeah. Um, okay. And involves a lot of different things.
0: Got it. So now you're in New York. You're doing carpentry, working with different productions. And where does your journey take you from
1: there? So I then my friends told me about. Uh, A technical direction job at a place called The Kitchen, which is a pretty well-known New York cultural landmark, um, experimental theater performance, visual art, and uh, and had an active performance schedule. So I applied for that job and ended up getting that job, and that's when I really started doing being involved in performance. I met everybody I met there uh, would be people I worked with in the future. Mm. Uh, and that's how I started my solo career uh, initially in production management okay but also doing set design because as a sculptor and doing video design, performing in different works. you know so I've, it's really interesting and really important to me um, that I could kind of be in any aspect of the work and have a understand the language of it. okay so it's why, me- why was that important? Because you can talk to the people who are doing those jobs. So I can understand a director, I can understand a, a performer, I can understand a scenic designer, because I've supported or done all of those things. So gotcha. it's another way of thinking of a, a you know, a tool bag, a toolkit. This is another part of my toolkit is this extended languages, so I Did- can serve the purposes of what I'm working on.
0: Did you have an ultimate um, kind of goal? You're putting things in your toolkit, and you're just getting all of these experiences, and you know, huge experiences at that. You know, was there something that you had in mind as far as a trajectory? It's like, hey, I'm going to get all these experiences because I know it's going to lead to this.
1: Uh, I think the trajectory I was on, I chose because it was interesting to me. Mm. It's kind of like project-based learning in some ways. Okay. Like you do one project and then it's over.
0: Yeah. And then you have
1: another one, a whole new set of problems and a whole new set of solutions. And then you have another one and then you have another one. And that for me is really exciting that my work could change so radically every three months Mm -hmm. that I'm on a totally new project that's asked me to do totally new things. Wow. Um, It's very exciting. And then as I got, you know, as I work more and more, it's also opened the door for touring um, and leaving the United States, which was- I was gonna say, because, you know, your journey
0: takes you like abroad in like a huge way. You've been to some amazing places. What was your, out of the places that you've been, you know, what was the place that had the most impact on you?
1: I would probably say, uh, Utrecht in Holland Oh, because after we had started to tour Utrecht and we went all over Europe and after we did that I came back and was able to live in Amsterdam for a year Mm. Um, and so I really got to do you make all this money? Touring is great because you don't have any expenses Mm -hmm. you paid a fairly decent wage if you negotiate it correctly and you're given per diem which is free money Mm. right? And you're talking about the equivalent of a hundred something dollars a day. So all that money is just going into the, into the bank. Yeah. Right. And if you tour for three months, I was able to live for a year and a half in Europe on wow. what I made, uh, in, in three months touring. Wow. So I was also able to travel and meet new people and meet artists, be involved in a number of, uh, art festivals Worked with an artist named Eric Hobine. He's a flame artist. We made a machine that lit you on fire and put you out. Of course, of course, why not? (laughs) (laughs) We we traveled that to two different festivals, flame festivals and the European scene is very different. European art scene is not like the American art scene. There's festivals all over Mm -hmm. because every country is so small. People Mm -hmm. can get from here to there. So you have people from all the world kind of pouring in um, and doing work and being in conversation uh, being in festivals together, and I got to meet artists who I only had read about uh, because of the festivals that we were in. So really impactful that way, just because of the opportunities it offered me to both work on my own stuff, and that's all I had to do. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to work for a wage. Yeah, which is very different than living in New York, because in New York you're hustling all the time. But you know, you hustle, 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 hustle. Listen. You know, <laughs> so. It was, and to yeah. be in Europe, right? I could go, I had friends living right outside Paris, right? Who had just gotten married. So mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, travel from Amsterdam to Paris, you know, and hanging out in Paris is amazing. You know, hanging out at the house in the country, sit around, just eating really good food, drinking yeah. really good wine. I just, you, you know, know,
0: just listening to your story. I just hate my life. I
1: hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's it's let's, really, you know, really, really fun. And made friends, you know, lifelong friends. Let me
0: ask you this, because it does sound very. Your life sounds very cinematic, and like <laughs> you know, cinematic in that um, wishful way. You know, like I wish that my life were like that. That sounds such like the cool journey to be kind of wild and free. Um, were there any times while you were in this in this pro, in this growth and um, professional development, if you will, process, where you were kind of apprehensive or you thought that like something was off or you know what I mean like was there no. anything where you just kind of like mm.
1: no it, when I was working freelance I had no reserve I mean no reservations I had a great reputation mm-hmm. you know so work would come to me I got to work with my friends got it we had to work on fun projects yeah see each other's work we talk about art you go to Europe go to uh Japan go to Australia you know see other work it, it was just and you know we did it every year too to the same festivals and stuff so you'd get to know the people at the festivals i being like in some cases that i did a lot of the touring coordination as well as the technical direction and the production management yeah and sometimes performing too with one company mm-hmm. so i'd get to go you know i'd go to paris to have lunch wow we right, to talk about the project Whatever. And right, you're sitting on a a, you know, a veranda drinking wh- white wine and eating really good food and sometimes talking about the work.
0: Right. You know, and I, I did something very similar last week. I was in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was really exciting, right? Yeah. It was really, really exciting. And plus the work that I got to see, you know, yeah. even starting at the kitchen, all of that work, one company, Elizabeth Streb, um, it led to me working for her and designing equipment for her for her Lincoln Center festival show mm, which it. I received a Bessie for okay yeah I yeah. read about that yeah yeah <laughs> and the problem is you know it's a pretty deep pretty big award it's yeah. kind of the OB of the dance world but we were actually on tour in Australia during the presentation ceremony so someone else had to accept it for me uh didn't get to accept it. So I made sure and thanked all the technicians and all the builders and all the beside, behind the scenes folks who do all this work and sometimes don't get the recognition.
0: Yeah, well that was that was generous of you. I'm sure that they appreciated that. Your um your 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 tour, I guess of life, this amazing tour of life brought you back to be the instructor at Antioch. How is in in how is the, I know you said the Antioch has changed, but not in the Antioch perspective. I mean, in the student perspective and how we see the world now, you know, how have things changed since, and opportunities changed since you were doing all of this traveling and having all of these um, experiences, is the same type of, I guess, plan or path still available
1: or have things changed? Oh, it's still available, That's definitely. Um... It's a, you know it's really about kind of where you start. I was fortunate. I started at a you know a great venue that had amazing stuff coming through, mm-hmm. and I met all kinds of cool people. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it starting? It's getting your foot in that one place that is going to lead to those things. And so I know plenty of young people after me who actually worked like as TDs on my shows and stuff
0: mm-hmm. who were
1: able to take on the same life right so it's it's really about an interest getting and finding the community and then getting to know people it's really a it's, it's a series of exchanges but if you like to work you like to make things you know you're good at making things you may not know I mean? be able to make everything but if you're have some talent and for it you're always going to be valuable yeah especially in that world um, which still exists that world still exists in new york um and the young people are constantly coming up through it.
0: As the head of the arts division at Antioch, what is your role? What does that mean um, that you do now?
1: Uh, what does it mean? Uh do a lot of paper pushing. Yep. <laughs> a lot of administrative, a lot okay. of it ad- it's generally really administrative work, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we just we're just conducting search for a new faculty position. So okay. I coordinated all of that. Um, I wrote the, you know, the, the the text for the application. I coordinate and organize the interview sessions. We just did six in two Correct. days, uh, and then I coordinate what happens after that. Um, I do budgets, and um, responsible for the budget for the division and uh, how how money gets allocated. Uh, yeah, so it's really really administrative and there's some other stuff and we're we're in the process of kind of redefining what the chair does and what they're responsible for uh kind of recognizing it a little bit more than it's been in the past i Um, would imagine that
0: your um the experience of not just your education but your um, your presence within and your success within the arts community has a really big impact on how you see um, the program where you are and how you think that i guess students should develop and what would be best for them do you draw on a lot of the experiences that you had when it comes to how you view say even the administrative work but how the structure should be set up or what the focuses should be
1: well i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate because I have the both left and right ra- left and right side brain ability
0: i was gonna say yeah
1: right I can do that kind of. Stuff that's mundane to most people, mm-hmm. budgets, spreadsheets. I actually like them, oh. which is very unusual for most artists. It is. Most artists are like, I don't want to do math. We don't. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the person I've been doing for six years, and the person who's next is like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to yeah. do it. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Rotating position. So my, you know, my work has informed that uh, both on the practical, and then I would say, which is. Has to do with curriculum, the creative side. Yeah, right. Looking at curriculum as a creative uh, endeavor, a, a creative mm-hmm. experiment um, in uh, in the division, and also really bringing with me this um, incredible respect for autonomy, so that the other people in the division, I don't tell them how to teach. Sure, they they know how to teach. They're good at it. I don't I don't have anything to do with that. It's like. The best way for us to function, and to me to function as kind of a manager, mm-hmm. is to let people do what they're good at. Yeah. And then if I have to say, oh, I need you to get your paperwork in, I'll say, be like, you have to get your paperwork in. Yeah. Yeah. Do it on time. I'll remind you again. I'll remind you again.
0: <laughs> that's the so, that's the <laughs> that's the fun part.
1: Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. what I love the most. Uh, but yeah, so I bring, and again, uh, also. It's not as problem-based as I'd like it to be, mm-hmm. um, but I look at my classes as kind of those projects. Sure. And so it's a new group of people, a new group of students, and what are they going to bring to it, and how do I change to address the changes I notice uh, from my students?
0: And and I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you said that because I'm curious to know from your experiences to now. Um, where art is today. How have you seen art change over
1: time to where it is today? Uh, that's it's a really good question because I, that was what my master's thesis was about. Uh, kind of the the dissolution of borders between media, mm. right? You don't have to be only a painter anymore. Your okay. painting can involve video, right? Mm. Video can be the way you approach drawing can be approached in a much different, you know, physical manner. Uh, Mm. I'm working on a piece where I'm putting lights, you know, uh, Chinese lanterns on a field, you know, 20 of them, 15 feet apart, all the same distance from the ground. So when they're lit, you can see the role of the land. So for me, that's like a gesture, right? A gesture drawing. Okay. This ability to combine uh, as many different things. We're no longer stuck in this kind of, this desire for a movement it's mm. realism cubism uh, abstract expressionism those are all within a modernist canon which has a certain period okay. we've gone past that and we don't we don't demand that out of work anymore so it opens up a lot more opportunities to use whatever is appropriate for what you're trying to say and I think art has also moved um, in a lot of ways more toward the philosophic, okay it's a way of asking questions mm-hmm. not necessarily giving answers i think that's another thing is that that idea of questioning and here's how i'm questioning and i'm bringing this to you kind of as a question not as a solution so we can share in the thought and the what we think could affect this thing that i'm bringing up and that's really a approach my work in that way too i'm really interested in creating uh, the idea of an experience Gotcha. Uh, instead of creating the idea idea of a necessary tangible object, mm-hmm. where everything is invested in that one object and value is declared for that one object, mm. I don't tend to sell work because a lot of my work you can't sell. Oh, okay, <laughs> it just exists in a form that you you can't really buy and put somewhere.
0: Why would you um, and help me visualize or conceptualize this? Why would you say that you can't
1: sell it? Uh. Basically, because it includes so much, there's a piece I did with Blue Sky in Dayton. Mm-hmm. It was, and the space I did it, it was 9,000 square feet. I covered all the windows with uh, salmon colored paper. Uh, um, then I had projections at each end of the room, mm-hmm. you know, fairly large. I had sound that was coming from discrete sources that you'd only hear if you walked under it. You wouldn't hear it. Right. And then a there was the ceiling that was no longer there. And this is a beautiful building, the Armory in Dayton. Mm-hmm. And above that, I had these ten foot uh, by ten foot wax paper houses tracking along the ceiling back and forth, while there were projections on those.
0: Gotcha. You. So you can't sell the you can't sell the art piece. It's basically an installation.
1: Installation, yeah, and that's really uh, where I live. Or you'll see things like the lights at the Emporium. Well, mm-hmm. that was a project. I was like thirty lamps in thirty days using a technology I've just learned mm. and then I sold those because those are tangible. Uh, but it was more about the process of getting to all of them. How many yes. different forms can I come up with yes. using similar techniques? Right? So th- it depends on what I'm doing because I'm interested in, it, uh, investigating form, but my, my studio practice isn't really about that. I'm not doing something constantly every day and examining it. I'm thinking and thinking, having a question and then going, Oh, okay, this is how I'm going to talk about this.
0: Got it. Yeah. I I really like that because it's almost like you're the, um, it's like you're the product. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, know. You, like you're the, you, you bring the concept and you install the concept and it couldn't be installed without your vision. So right. if you want a piece, Michael has to come and do the piece. Right. You know, so it's not like a painting and I'm going to go put it over here. Not all of it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Sure. No, um, that's, yeah, that's, Really, as far as, you know, monetizing my practice, Mm -hmm. that's where it comes in, where I get invited to go somewhere and I'm paid to go and do my work. Yeah.
0: So I know that we're um, we're running out of time. I have to ask you that. I know. I know. It's like your journey is just so, I mean, you can't pack it in a half an hour. (laughs) Not the whole thing. You have to come back and we have to keep talking. Um, But you have all of this stuff. I have to ask you, what is something that people don't know about you?
1: Oh, oh what don't... They... This is a Philip Show exclusive. Okay, go. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm trying to think that they don't know or wouldn't expect. Wouldn't
0: expect. Let's say wouldn't expect. Maybe people know, but they wouldn't expect.
1: Uh, That I make my bed religiously every day. Oh, snap. Really? Yeah. Why I can't leave 80? the house. Because I like... At the end of the day, to have that nice cover that I can then pull back and get mm-hmm. underneath. It's just it's a sense of calmness at the end of the day. Huh. When I yeah. walk into my bedroom and I see it, I'm like, uh, uh. It's like, oh, it's gonna feel so nice getting under the sheets and the cover. Yeah. And it's all just, you know, it's folded back, pillows are strained, everything. It's
0: just every day. There's a whole life lesson in making the bed, I'm sure. I'm, there's a whole a, life lesson. Yeah, I can't get I can't go out the front door. Really, exactly. which is I don't know where it came from. That's so interesting because you know you're talking about doing spreadsheets and doing this, you know, using both sides of your brain. You know, a lot of uh, artists are um, sporadic, scattered, um, stereotypically. Let me put it that way: messy. You know, blah blah blah. They don't like spreadsheets, not the analytical. You know, and here you are, very artistic. And also very organized and able
1: <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> well, I do have it. If you ever true. walk in my office, people are like, Oh, there's so much to look at in here. Yeah, so got all these little things I'm either working on or have worked on. It's organized uh, chaos, it's organized chaos. Yeah, it's organized chaos, but it's, people feel comfortable, they feel comfortable coming into my office because it kind of looks like I live here in some ways. Okay. It's not like I just come in here for the job, but I actually made it into a space that I feel comfortable in. And I can, if I feel like I want to get distracted, I could like, I'm just gonna go over here and play with this for a little while. Yeah. And then I'll come back.
0: That's so funny. Well, Michael, um, thank you so much for being here today. I know you're busy, so I'm so uh, appreciative that you took the time. Oh, sure, I love it. Yeah. And i hope that you'll come back and we'll have to dig into um some more of your um michael travels sure yeah (laughs) i can
1: probably find a lot of pictures and stuff i can show you
0: yeah i would love it
1: it. back then too i did mostly we're all black now before i used to dress i would travel with 15 pairs of shoes oh snap
0: uh and outfits and outfits and outfits see hey, that's that's um that's back before they checked every piece of
1: luggage and it would cost us a thousand dollars to get all those on the plane. and if we traveled the u.s i'd bring pots and pans with me too oh my goodness so I could yeah. cook, and i'd cook with the different some of my different company members that so would hang out with them, so
0: yeah we'll definitely have to talk about that i, I really want to get a good visual of that michael <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. so much my pleasure <laughs> So I hope today you have been inspired. If nothing else, if you have a passion and you have talent, there are so many ways that you can express yourself. There are so many opportunities that you have that are in front of you. All you have to do is just believe if you have just a little bit of something, you can go so far. Continue to pursue your dreams. um, Find people that are like-minded and uh, the world is yours. Just one step at a time. And as usual, you are the best you in the world. I will see you next time here on The Phillips Show. Don't wait.